Listening and sizzling oven. It like is that. the <laughs> I also don't like the flakiest that. of the Bun Boys. That's right. The Bun Boys are back. <laughs> the Bun Boys are back, baby, for this very special episode. Oh, you <laughs> told them up front. <laughs> wait, well, wait. Okay, for this very special our April special, for our April special <laughs> that you're listening to in early April, spring special. <laughs> Yeah, some, spring. Some spring cleaning, if you will. <laughs> spring has sprung, and we have been saddled with watching these two movies. Wait, do you care to introduce? <laughs> sure, 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 sure. So tonight we are doing something a little unusual for us. We're talking about a whole series. A whole series in, in one night? In one episode, as we have long threatened to. We are referring to, of course, two movies connected by having the same tagline, Remember the Name. <laughs> Remember the Name. The 2019 Clint Eastwood film, Richard Jewell, and the 2020 Kenneth Branagh film, <laughs> Artemis Fowl. <laughs> Remember the Name. Remember the Name. Remember the Name. To set the stage for the listener... We've both watched both of these movies back to back and and now still have to talk about them. <laughs> A horrible series of decisions we've made. Well, you might hear, listener, you might hear a voice and you might be wondering to yourself, who is that voice, even though we've said Zane's name already? That is Renown's musician, composer, mm-hmm. artist, general badass cool person perhaps better known to our audience as being a punk rocker <laughs> yeah that's the band caffeine daydream it's our man zane holloman hello hello thank you happy to be here thank you for coming back sitting at the table once again officially joining the two-timers club officially Ooh, a two-timer yes, our first returning yeah. our second returning champion if i had known all of what the night um, would entail perhaps i would not have come the enemy of run times is here once again <laughs> The only guest to ever eke out longer than 90-minute episode. Oh, my God. That's true. Um, So I just want you both to know that I have an eye on the clock, and I will stop it (laughs) (laughs) mid-sentence if we go over 90 minutes. Oh, wait, 90. Okay. Okay. We don't don't have to hit 90, (laughs) but we cannot go over. (laughs) Well, let's get into it <laughs> okay so this is the part of the show where usually i would try and do a three sentence description of what the movie was but zane i'm gonna kick that to you uh, the first, for the first film in the remember the name uh the duology the duology uh what is the film richard jewell the clint eastwood biopic from 2019 about and i would like to say if you're giving this one to zane then i call dibs on you having to do artemis foul and me not having to describe any of these movies richard jewell is a mostly a, a legal thriller about a man who uh is offered a book deal and then <laughs> finds the only lawyer he knows who responds by saying am i the only lawyer you know 
and then legal battles ensue, and also John Hamm's in it. It's based on a true story. We should mention. It's based on a true battle. story, and rest in peace and power to those who uh-huh. actually did die in the Atlantic Games bombing. Yeah, and also to the people in this movie, the... I forget her name because she's horribly depicted, but the journalist that <laughs> Olivia Wilde plays and Mr. Jewel himself both oh, passed both on. Passed away. Uh, so kind of a downer. The ending was definitely a downer because it ends on such a high note and then it cuts to a card that reads like Richard Jewell died in 2007 of a heart attack. Yeah. Should right. we, we should probably say what the movie's actually about. Did we? Well, I mean, I that guess. is what it's about. It's about this guy. And he's a security guard at the the Olympic Games in Atlanta, and there's a bomb that goes off, and he is partially responsible for making sure that a bunch more people don't die than did end up dying. He's also being suspected (laughs) of having planted the bomb himself Uh because he fits the profile. Yes, the so it's kind profile of profile of a lone bomber. I believe they say that bomber. phrase eight hundred <laughs> times in this movie. So wait, uh huh. Remember the name. Remember the name. Richard Jewell. Did you remember it? <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, do you remember the name Richard Jewell after um, having watched this movie? The quiz for this week is actually we just <laughs> just quiz you if you remember the name. I mean, I do remember it since you just told me. If you had not told me, I'm not sure I would have, but. Flopper Bop, though. (laughs) (laughs) It's so much easier for the other one. I mean, still a flop, but I liked it. Okay. It's not a bop. Like, it's not good enough to be a bop. But, like, I will say that I went into this movie expecting to really dislike it Mm -hmm. um, because of the personal politics of the director and my perceived interpretation of his desire to tell this story at Mm. this point in time. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really went in like expecting to sort of loathe it, but I can't deny some really good performances, some competent directing, decent pacing. There's a couple killer scenes and Sam Rockwell is giving it 100% throughout. Yeah. Rockwell is great. He's wonderful in this. Um, Zane, flopper bomb. I will say I was not conflicted at all, (laughs) although I did have a lot of fun, which made me almost second guess it absolute flop (laughs) really just not doing it uh but it was fun sitting sitting on the couch and watching with you guys we uh yeah it was a fun watch it was a much more fun watch than the other one yeah yeah (laughs) shockingly so i thought it was gonna be like oh this one's a drag and then we Uh, get to watch artemis fowl's a palate cleanser yeah it was not very very different we spent the amount of time that you would take to watch all of the extended edition of Return of the King to watch those two movies. Is it is it four hours, the extended edition? Probably. Is the theatrical not four hours? It's like three and a half, dude. Okay, okay I'm at Richard Jewell, flop or bop? Uh, or should I say Richard or Jewell? Ooh. <laughs> hey, go ahead and guess what I'm going to say for the next one. <laughs> uh, I would say that this is a Richard. <laughs> Rather than a jewel, if you will. Uh, this is this is a flop. I think that there's like four to seven incredible performances in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like people really bringing A-game acting. Mm-hmm. Like stakes. They are bringing 
like point of view on what's going on they are bringing their exasperation they're bringing like the character calculus of like i want this but i also want these other things and if i do that like how does that get in the way of the other things that i want when his mom is like putting together like oh my god my son sounds like a sociopath and she realizes that they're gonna nail him long before he does i mean there's some great work in this movie but i feel like it's all in service of a poor script and a very strangely constructed like message and or story so i don't mm. know it's a flop yeah <laughs> and moving on to our yeah, next yeah. okay wait moments <laughs> moments from this movie okay what oh lots of what notes some, there's some great moments from this movie yeah i mean i think picking up on what you said like the performances in it are really good and watching it i was like how does I don't know. We don't need to dive too quickly or too deeply into the whole Clint Eastwood thing. Yeah. I should also say I don't have any notes for this episode. I tried. I sat at Wikipedia for hours at the search bar just staring at the screen. Try as I might. I couldn't remember the name. (laughs) And consequently, I brought nothing with me. But the Clint Eastwood thing is that, like, every year, like, he he just does, like, a new Oscar drama movie, mm-hmm. like, every single year, every single fall, he's directed something yeah. else. And I will confess that I haven't really seen much, if any, of his recent stuff. Uh, he was 89 years old when he made this movie. <sighs> wow. He's been in the late stage of his career for the last 25 years. That's crazy. That's insane. Watching it, I was like, wow, how are all these people in it? And then I was like, oh, yeah, I guess he's a good director. I guess people want to yeah. work with him despite like all of the other unsavory elements of him yeah. because he's brought all of these good actors in and he has like directed them well in terms of the performances. There's all this there's this whole thing with this movie where it's like obsessed with cops. It just like loves cops and like the main character loves cops, but it's also clear that Clint Eastwood like loves cops. But does kind he kind of This is what I want to ask. Yeah. This is what I want to ask. Because I think, like, the stuff that I really disliked and uh-huh. was expecting to dislike was the media message of this movie. Yeah. Which we can dive into a little bit. But I think, like, the movie is kind of about Richard Jewell realizing that it's not good to be a cop. Yeah, but then he's a cop at the end. He gives the speech where he's like, I have, I realize that, like, the most important thing in the world is not serving your government and being law enforcement. Like, that's his journey. From wanting nothing more to being the than being a cop to being like, oh, these guys are not good. Like becoming disillusioned mm. with the system that says it's protecting you. That's interesting. See, I think he's on the same same arc as an, another character in another movie, also in this series, of always wanting to be a cop and then being a cop in the end. <laughs> so can we talk about Sam Rockwell's performance in this movie? I, th- I think that's where we should start. That's <laughs> by far... <laughs> the uh the jewel of this movie you might say yeah he has the best lines in this film he never wears pants he's always in cardboard shorts cargo shorts <laughs> he's there like giving you oh i'm so busy but he also like doesn't have a job there's this woman named nadia who appears in a lot of scenes with him but it is never particularly clear what their relationship is it seems sometimes to be romantic slash like they live together but sometimes it also very much seems like a like she's the her, his secretary and we never really find out about it until late late in the game 
I will say that all of that stuff was crystal clear for me mm. because my day job is working with solo <laughs> lawyers. That's exactly it. Okay. Like, that is exact. It is that they sit in their office all day with nothing to do, and they have one other person on staff in, like, an office suite, and they're just sort of, like, generally mean to anyone who tries to communicate to them. (laughs) But, yeah, the first time we meet him, he's in charge of the, what is it, U.S. Small Business Weekly, like a magazine about small businesses. Yeah. And then we get to six years later. Mm Mm-hmm. And he said uh, that... 10, because it's 86 to 96. Okay, yeah, 10 yeah. years later, and he said that because of lifestyle changes, he left the place, and he's now a lawyer. So he's passed yeah. the bar sometime in the middle there. Yeah, well, presumably they wouldn't let him wear shorts at his last job. Yeah, right, <laughs> That's the right. lifestyle changes. <laughs> yeah. Pants to shorts. He's great. There's a moment in the... I'm just trying to find the moment that we're... Some great line he had. Okay, here's some good ones. You don't talk. I talk. And then spends the next 20 minutes of the movie making owl faces at Richard <laughs> Jewell every time he opens his mouth, which is a truly wonderful bit. Oh, that's true. My uh, My favorite performance from him, they're in the like hotel room, and uh-huh. it's him and Richard Jewell and Richard Jewell's mom. Uh, and the, like, entire branch of the FBI that's dedicated to investigating him is outside and is all, like, storming the place. And <laughs> you just see, uh, you see a shot of them inside planning what to do. And he's normal. He's, like, talking about it. And then it cuts to him going outside to meet the FBI. And everything is the same about him except, except his hat is backwards. <laughs> And he has prepared to meet the FBI by turning his hat around. He's like, like, all right, guys, I've got a plan. It's real crazy, but it just might work. I'm going to flip this baby around and see what happens. Rockwell has really made a career these last few years out of playing, like, bad guys with a heart of gold. Yeah. Like, people who belong to a bad group of people, but he is himself good. Yeah, like, he's a cop in uh, Three Billboards. He's a racist cop. Racist cop. He's a cop who committed a racial crime. Oh, yeah. But who has a heart of gold. He's a Nazi with a heart of gold. And a boyfriend in Jojo Rabbit. Damn. He's an evil yodeler in disguise who has a heart of gold in Trolls World Tour. Dude, he is his own worst enemy in the movie right. Moon. And he's just continuing that trope here. Truly. But he's also like, would we say best performance in the movie? Yeah, absolutely. He's wearing socks and sandals at one point. Anybody who's got, who can do that is clear in my book. Yeah, the the lead, Richard Jewell's performance was very good too, but maybe less, I don't want to say less nuanced, but he's kind of like doing one thing the whole time. Right. Yeah, he's great. That's Paul Walter Hauser as Richard Jewell from I, Tonya. You remembered the name? Yes, that is correct. Wow. Congrats. Wow. I know him most from the two Spike Lee movies, which I think he's great in, Black Klansman and The Five Bloods. Um, oh. He's awesome in both of those. In Five Bloods especially, because he's playing, like, a normal modern man, which is very fun to see, and looking forward to him in Cruella. Do, okay, do we really need a movie about Cruella DeVille? I think her name says it all. She makes clothing out of dogs. Is there a backstory that, that we're I supposed haven't. to feel good about having? Well, look, here's the, my thing about that movie, which is just that, oh, like... Yes entire no interest whatsoever 
in the pitch, very interested in the execution. Because I don't think that they have like talked about this much, but that's the guy's follow up to Itania. Like the guy who did Itania, that's his next movie, the writer and director of it. Oh, he's going to like reconfigure our views <laughs> on problematic women from history. <laughs> yes. And he said it in 1970s punk rock London. It's like, uh, it's like Sex Pistols adjacent Emma Stone is Cruella DeVille from the Itania guy. So like, it could be horrible, but like, uh, that's like, that's has sold me. <laughs> I would once again like to take back all of the things that I took back before and say that I will in fact be attending the theater to see that movie. <laughs> Any other upcoming uh, movies we can talk about? <laughs> yeah, I heard Tenet was pretty good or is going to be Did pretty you? good or something. Is this a temporal pincer movement you're conducting? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> we're recording the podcast perhaps backwards and forwards at the same uh, time. Perhaps we're stuck in a time freeze. Time same at the... <laughs> time past the recording weird. <laughs> I just want to draw everybody's attention to the fact that even though this movie could qualify as a, a, like a romantic comedy um, from the meet cute at the beginning all the way to the last scene in the police station at the end. There is some unfortunate homophobia from our main character when he's like, I just want them to know I'm not gay. And has to go out and be like, yeah, I like looking at those pretty girls. <laughs> and then tell them the other guy's not his boyfriend on live television. And like basically self-incriminate for a whole list of other things. Unfortunate. I was pretty confused about how the movie wants us to feel about Richard. Particularly yeah. in the first half an hour before the bomb goes off. Are we it just is weird because it starts, it sets up with like the 10 minute prelude and it that mm-hmm. ends inexplicably with Sam Rockwell, who at that point you see Richard Jewell working as like, like cargo dude like a supply dude yeah he just like, like is yeah, basically sort of a janitor, janitor thing, yeah and yeah. he like eavesdrops on a conversation that sam rockwell has who is does anyone do we know sam rockwell's character's name they Did say anyone it a track lot. that isn't it walter something like that sure sure i'm just gonna go with sam rockwell but he's having like an important conversation uh richard jewel is clearly just sitting in on it and they have a conversation and Richard Joel sort of reveals that he's like notices everything mm. is what the character mm-hmm. trait he sets up. He knows that Sam likes Snickers bars. Mm-hmm. And so he's put a bunch of Snicker bars in his desk and he knows that he was running low on tape. So he supplied some and yeah. he's just like this kind of awkward, but very sweet dude who's caring for other people. Mm-hmm. And Sam is mostly a jerk to him mm-hmm. and then it ends there's like a there's a scene cut later because it's when he says he's he's leaving richard Jewell's like i'm going to go be a security officer i'm leaving and then sam gives him a hundred dollars and says you have to promise me once you get any power don't be an mm-hmm. and he says okay and then it cuts to him chastising a bunch of college students yeah so that's like the first thing that the movie tells us 
which makes it feel like it's saying some type of abuse of power. We also do learn that he has actually severely abused his power. Yeah. Which, yeah, uh, when he's like arresting people on the road when he's a campus cop. Yeah, he's working as as a campus cop and he's gone far beyond his jurisdiction and gets gets fired from that job. I think it like I hesitate to bring up this movie, but it like I kept thinking back to Joker mm-hmm. because it's it's like very different ultimately but it sort of plays in the same ballpark of like a person's actions and a person's overall like personality maybe not matching up. I don't know if that's the best the best read on it, but it like felt sort of like a similar a similar showcase of showing you this person who is rejected by society in some way and then like handles it differently. Mm. I mean, I think this movie is morally perhaps in a in a better place than joker i don't know it like it kept reminding me of that although this movie doesn't really play with mental health in any way well i was kind of wondering like if we are supposed to think that richard has some sort of disability because there are like things that suggest that at some point particularly in that like opening 30 minutes yeah. Yeah. And certainly the movie is leaning on tropes of savant type movies, but then like that's never really touched upon. Yeah. Cuz especially at the beginning he plays like almost as autistic, but like throughout the whole movie, I mean, that doesn't really track with like the rest of the movie. It was I don't know, I think maybe he's just a dude who lives with his mom. Somebody who you might now classify as, like, being on the spectrum, but at the time is, like, not on the spectrum enough to garner significant attention in school, especially not in what, like, the 19... He would have been in school in the 19... Early, 70s like, or 80s. The early 60s, I think, if it's... No, you're he's right, early... Th- he's 33 and 96. Yeah, the early 70s, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I think there's something interesting that the movie is like willing to show you the bad side of him and Mm. he also did this good thing and had a bunch of bad things happen to him kind of because of the good thing that he did and the movie is like they're willing to at least portray all of that and i do think it comes out lionizing him more than not like being like every mm-hmm. like what he did here makes him a hero and everything else is like kind of beside the point is what it feels like the movie comes around to saying and also he's dead and so then it's like it's harder to but i think if it was saying those things were beside the point it wouldn't have included them. yes that's true or it would have mm-hmm. like brushed them up in a more positive light yeah like it really doesn't make an effort to portray him in a positive light, which is what's sort of so disarming, yeah. disorienting about the movie. It's saying, like, here is a guy who was abused by our systems. Yeah. Who, like, a person who did a good thing who was abused by our systems. Which is true. It's, like, it's not wrong to say that he was abused by the system. But, yeah. But, like, I have written in my notes, like, sometimes people who are, like, objectionable in other ways do good things. and. Mm-hmm. Like absolutely out of yeah. like often out of the field of whatever objectionable thing they're doing mm-hmm. they'll do like something that is objectively good for a lot of people 
And then you're like, well, okay, what do, <laughs> what do I do about that? Well, it's just two things can be true at once. Yeah, you know? two that's things, that's yeah. what I always say. No one's all good. No one's yeah. all bad. Yeah. Yeah. It does also, the movie makes a point of pointing out when he discovers the bomb, it's after going after a group of like high schoolers mm-hmm. who are drunk and throwing bottles around. And he goes up to them and tries to to get them to stop and they just make fun of him. And after they make fun of them, they actually find the bomb mm-hmm. uh, and they like knock it over. It's in a backpack and they knock it over. And later, Richard Jewell has two and a half minute monologue about how if those kids didn't do that, it didn't just like be drunk, then the bomb would have spread the like shrapnel would have spread out and would have killed a lot more people. Yeah. But instead it went up and killed less people. Hmm. And I think the movie has some thing to say about like the nuance of morality mm-hmm. and maybe things just kind of happen. Uh, but I think all of that is severely hindered by a terrible script. Yeah. And like weird pacing. Also, very frequently, I just didn't know where we were or why we were there. Yeah. Uh, there's a character who was on screen who none of us knew who they were. <laughs> Despite having been on screen several, like, three or four times before, which we realized later. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think, like, you can engage with this movie like we are and sort of say these things. Mm. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it's more prescient or more engaging because it is a true story and there's Mm. something like it happened it's so hard for me to to think about this movie and like think about things to take into my life (laughs) from (laughs) it other than just kind of cancel culture is bad do you think (laughs) this or joker is a better movie about cancel culture (laughs) well we've done more than 30 minutes on Jewel, okay. so we should okay. move on. Yeah, yeah. But like, we have to talk about the media thing. Okay. We don't have to yeah. talk about it long, but that's like the big thing about this that movie. That is the big thing, is he was ruined by the media. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a prominent figure, Kathy someone. Chatty Olivia, Kathy. Olivia Wilde. Her like whole thing is she's like the Lois Lane figure. She's a reporter who will do whatever to get what she wants, but like mostly she, they just depict her as sleeping around. Or at least, like, that's yeah. what she's introduced as. And being, like, perennially drunk is a horrible person. Hell yes. I was all about her. I thought this, we needed more of her. We wanted, I wanted whatever movie she was in. I wanted the movie about yeah, very her. very different tone. I wanted the movie about her breaking the story about all of this and, like, navigating being a news reporter in the 1990s when nothing was happening. That's I I want that yeah. film. It's worth noting that she is a real person and that the AJC when this movie came out demanded that the film add a disclaimer that it was fictitious and taking fictional license yeah. with her because of the things they say her character did, none of which she did in real life. Do you mean like mm-hmm. making out with John Hamm in a bar to get the scoop? <clears throat> yeah, it said that um the quote from them was like it's funny that this film is made to try and take back the character assassination of Richard Jewell while it makes new character assassination Damn. on Kathy. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's weird. Because mm. she also, she's like not the villain of this story. Also, she comes around and like yells at 
John Hamm. Because there's there's a crucial plot point, which I guess is how in real life they cleared Richard Jewell's name, mm-hmm. which is that he couldn't have been the one to have planted the bomb because the bomb was called in from a payphone just mm-hmm. a minute before, and the payphone was too far away from where he was confirmed to have been for him to get there. Uh, and the entire basis of the argument that it was him is based on the the lone bomber profile, mm-hmm. which means he wouldn't be working with an accomplice, which right. is what he would need for the payphone to be him. And she discovers that, and she like goes to John Hamm, the FBI agent, and says like he couldn't have done it. And then from then on, she's sort of a much more empathetic figure Hmm. in the film. So it's weird. I don't know what the movie gains by changing her real life character into that other than having a scene where she touches John Hamm's thigh or intentionally painting the media in a worse light. I mean, I think that's it. I think think that's that's why Clint Eastwood made this movie in 2019. Yeah. Is to be like, we can't trust the media. The media is horrible. Don't believe your sources. Yeah. And like, I think there is some nuance to this because I think like the paparazzi mongering that this film depicts is like such a real thing of like Mm -hmm. millions of people waiting outside people's house. And I think like that's horrible. But I think this movie also perpetuates that stereotype of that being some sort of journalism in that character when like i don't know i don't want to get into it but the thumbs down to all of that yeah (laughs) i think it's horrible yeah it was interesting to me seeing a movie based like based so strongly on the sort of cycle of news that takes place in the mid 90s as opposed to like the 2000s because thinking about this i mean the thing that happened to richard jewell happens like like every two hours on Twitter, like is just constantly going yeah. on. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's an, like a crucial plot point of the movie is, uh, that the news breaks that Richard Jewell is being investigated by, by the FBI. And Simon <laughs> is yawning into his microphone as <laughs> Zane is rolling on with this point. You're good. You're good. I I'm can, listening. I can cut this short. No, no, like. you're good. The the FBI is investing investigating Richard Jewell. The news breaks, and then the FBI immediately hightails it to Richard's house and goes like, "Hey, we need you for something." And uh, it's a training video. You're our actor. Please come. But it's like totally cool. We're like not against you at all. Oh yeah. Uh, and it's like integral to the plot that he hasn't seen the news yet. And I don't know. Just thinking about the modern day he he just would have gotten a text from his his two cop friends and they've been like dude did yeah. you see this thing on twitter about you yeah that's true zane who's your mvp of richard jewel uh nadia absolutely <laughs> oh she's good she was she good was good yeah i she was just whenever she was on she always has the same like smirk the same smile because like we don't know anything about her. It was very fun. I always just got excited seeing her. She also is like the one who actually kind of gets stuff done. Yeah. And seems to know what she's doing. She's my MVP. O-T-R-J. We know one thing about Nadia. And that's that where she comes from, when the government <laughs> tells you that a person is guilty, that's the only way to be sure that they're innocent. And that, MVP. that is true. 
I was toying with the idea of it being Nadia, but I'm going to go with the dean of whatever school he was working for, (laughs) because that man in two separate scenes Mm. was like, it's mine. Best supporting is mine. (laughs) I'm going to get it. And he is delivering everything. He is giving you Greek tragedy messenger in those two scenes. And... Yeah. Yeah. He has real Hogwarts energy. He does. He does. And he's like he you think that he's feeling like small or threatened or whatever, and then he's like standing over him and he's framed all intimidatingly. He's like, Get out of my office, you'll never work in this town again. And then later he's just like, Oh, I just thought you should know that he was abusing his power while he was here. It's no big deal. But I see he's wanted for this massive crime. And now I'm going to tell you about past crimes he did. It's just my civic duty. Ah, yes. Okay, wait. Who's your MVP other than Richard Jewell? I don't know the character's name or the actor's name, but it's like the weird writer friend that Olivia Wilde has who sort of follows her around. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw a lot of myself in him just in (laughs) underpaid and underappreciated and sort of under-talented in a supplemental (laughs) writing job and also just like being willing to follow a pretty lady to the end of the world no matter what moral and legal crimes you were committing and he had like at least one line rating that i thought was good but i certainly can't remember it now i might revise uh my answer to be uh emmett's impression of the principal i think that line reading may actually be my favorite thing to come from this movie thank you we should mention kathy bates who oh oh, yes um, Obviously got nominated for Best Supporting Actress for this film. Didn't she win? Uh, she did not win. Laura Dern won for Marriage Story. The mm. Laura Dern assigns. It was the only nomination this film got, but was an upset because the only everyone thought in the bag to win was Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers. Damn. Who didn't even get nominated. Damn. Kathy Bates got nominated over her instead. Wow. And she has like no lines in this movie. She has two Oscar speeches, which is like the, it really becomes a different movie. Like it is clear that they made those two scenes for her so that yeah. she would win the Oscar. She was like, if you're putting me in that ugly ass wig, I'm. <laughs> she cries and the score starts playing, which the score in this movie is never heard other than those two scenes. Yes. I, I made some notes here of when the score comes in. Uh, and it's really, I think a total of, Something like eight times is there any score in this. Three of those are just a low repeating bass drum over the music being having like a low pass filter whenever he's in. It's like the crowd uh, at the bombing. Three of them are in sort of the last 10 minutes when it's it's like things wrapping up to of them which is 25 percent of the total score in this movie is just for her giving emotional mom speeches it made me upset that i wasn't hired to score this movie (laughs) because like i could do that i I could make eight tracks (laughs) for a clint eastwood film and it's really only piano and a bass drum but like like synth piano with the filter on it there's really nothing else why didn't they hire me? I probably yeah, wasn't doing anything. Do you could have done that. Surely Clint Eastwood has my number ready yeah. to go. Yeah. I mean, he's been talking to us for years trying to get on the pod. Yeah. So. 
And he knows, I mean, he hears at the end of every episode that yeah. our theme music is by Zane Holloman, who yeah. you can find on Bandcamp. And I believe there is more of your theme music in the world than there is music for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. I could have done it. I'm frankly upset that I wasn't contacted. I'm sorry. I'm glad that we could be here for you in this time. Thank we you. can put you in touch. Clint keeps texting me. He's trying to get on to do the land before time. Talk about the good old days. They should have known, by the way, that it was going to be Kathy and not Lopez because she's a real character. Oh, it would have never they, been. Yeah, although, actually, actually, Hustlers is based on a true story, too. So she's also <laughs> a real character. But probably less evidence, you know, like they've got to give it to Kathy because they how would they check the acting otherwise? Yeah, they can yeah. watch the speech of the real Mama Jewel and then watch this movie and determine if it was the best or not. Look, I don't want to speak all of the dead, but was Mama Jewel up there looking like a frog in the headlights? Because Mama that's Jewel's what, still alive. Because that's what Kathy Bates was looking like. Richard's dead, but Mama Jewel is watching Sam Rockwell's kids every Saturday night. Remember? <laughs> oh, oh, that's, that's right. So She's out there. She's out there wearing the same glasses that I bought <laughs> this week. <laughs> my my final thought before we move on and spend much less time talking about our Miss Val is that in like a really cool piece of like brand synergy, uh-huh. similar to how they revealed Halo Five and Mission Impossible, uh-huh. they actually revealed the name of the next Fast and Furious movie, <laughs> F Nine. When you look at the uh, apartment door of Richard Jewell's apartment. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, that's true. That's canon. It's uh, breaking breaking news. Just like how they uh, they revealed Batman v Superman in Will Smith's I Am Legend uh, in, like, 2012 wow. or whatever. <laughs> I wow. forgot about that. And it's so moving on to this film's oh, sequel. Yeah. Bop, 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 bop. yeah. Different director, Kenneth Sir Kenneth Branagh. Uh, for the sequel to this film, Artemis Fowl, do you want to tell us a little bit about this movie? So this is a sequel to the ni- the 2019 uh, biopic Richard Jewell. It is called Artemis Fowl. It is um, about a young Irish lad named Artemis, which is the name of a Greek goddess. Sorry, were you just were you having trouble? It seems like you were trying to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think you, you were, were maybe searching. trying to. To think of, to recall, perhaps. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. the title. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was trying to remember the name. <laughs> remember the name. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yes. I was having to remember the name because we do, in fact, need to remember the name. Yes, Artemis remember Val. the name. Artemis Fowl, The World of Wonders, as this movie is sometimes called. In what? some is regions. It? Yeah, apparently <laughs> on Wikipedia. It's a, oh, really? Or The World of Wonders. We have so, a- Artemis Fowl, it's about this kid, his dad was an international art thief, but he doesn't know that. He has a great relationship with him. And then one day his dad goes away in a helicopter and he never comes back. And it's because he's been kidnapped. And so then young Artemis gets together with his cool butler guy. The guy's name is Butler. He's also a bodyguard. He's not a butler. In It's set up to be important, but it's never it important. Absolutely it's not. absolutely never important actually in the movie. He's cool. He has like these weird blue eyes and this awesome white hair, which I think I remember from the books that character gets later after dying and being resurrected. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Which does just, like, happen in this movie. Does happen in this movie, but they kind of, he already has the cool hair and eyes. Mm-hmm. So he's got old Dominic Butler as his right hand man. They're like, I'm going to save my dad. 
uh, much like the other one who's been maligned by the media, he's been maligned by the government, and much like the other one, he has to go into the secret underground world of wonders of the Irish fairy kingdom to rescue his father. It's really unclear what's going on in this movie. He doesn't go underground. But they they come to him, which is not clear why, because his dad has the thing, but it's like, but he captures a fairy. He kidnaps a fairy played by Sarah McDonald. She wants to be a cop, but she's not a cop, but all the other fairy cops are off doing other fairy cop things. So the old commander, who's played by Dame Judy Dench, in a true star turn, which looks like David Bowie, and then later in the movie is referenced to look like David Bowie, which I really hated. You gotta wonder who's got her kids. I mean, right? she did Cats, and then she did this. Like, who is holding her family hostage and they making were, her make these horrible career they choices? They were straight up like, look, you like gin, old lady? There's an entire warehouse of it for you if you film five scenes against a green screen in Artemis Fowl, World of Wonders. She does uh, give the best the best line read of this movie. <laughs> yes, we really care, just care to talk about it. Uh, yeah, she she comes out. It's for the final battle. And she she comes out of her, her fairy spaceship. The door opens and you've been seeing her in sort of a, an administrative role this whole time. And this is your first time seeing her with the full getup. She has she has the fairy helmet mm-hmm. and uh, the doors open and the cameras speed up to her face. And she says, top of the morning. <laughs> but it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. OK, would you talk about the fairy tech can we talk about how these magical people have tech i don't know it's weird i will say what i will say about <laughs> that makes sense. Is, <laughs> this movie doesn't play like an adaptation of a children's novel to me uh-huh. it plays like a visual recreation of a child's memory of a ps2 game that he played several years ago (laughs) in the like well that's the last 80 minutes the first 20 minutes play like a tourism ad for ireland (laughs) oh it's like hey did you know you can serve in ireland it's just like overviews of like the fields and the architecture and the oceans of ireland and they say the irish blood and it's five times (laughs) the music is unbelievable that's true immediately before watching these films we watched uh a short youtube video about (laughs) ochre island uh uh, where emmett hails from and it really played the same (laughs) and like this is what the local people believe (laughs) this is how they talk yeah, that's true. Oh. Which also, this has um, this entire movie has a framing device, which is that Josh Gad playing oh. uh, Hagrid uh, is has been kidnapped. I didn't realize until the end by humans, I guess by MI six. Uh, sure, yeah, by Kenneth Branagh. Yes, well, doing that. the voiceover, right? But he's like Josh Gad is telling them. Whoever, like, telling Kenneth Branagh the story of this movie. So, like, every five to 15 minutes, 
he just intersperses like he does a voiceover um always inexplicably in black and white <laughs> yeah all his shots are in black and white for no reason it's very strange and he like his voiceover at the beginning is very similar to the ochre coke video where he's like this place is beautiful and there's so many things long lost to man but we have these pesky schools that we have to go to and that's the worst it's it's a strange movie this film had a very troubled production history i didn't need to do my notes to tell you that (laughs) one it was originally supposed to come out in summer 2019 it was going to be Disney's next blockbuster after Avengers Endgame out in theaters was going to be this. And then it got delayed a year after they had like put out a trailer and done marketing. And then they did extensive reshoots, which added Colin Farrell, which is like a pretty big part of the movie. Yeah, I would Uh, say like a significant fifth. Technically the titular role. (laughs) That's true. Because all of that Josh Gad stuff screams of, like, studio notes and reshoots. Uh, yeah. Like, that is clearly, like, the studio watched and they were like, no one will understand what's happening. You have <laughs> to add didn't. a character who narrates the entire movie so they understand it. And it's still only an hour 36. Yeah, and it's still incomprehensible. <laughs> Zane Artemis Fowl, art or foul? <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's a foul for me, man. <laughs> no question about it. As far as I'm concerned, I didn't watch this movie. Emmett, <laughs> art or foul? This is the foulest flop I've ever seen. <laughs> this is so bad. I I legitimately thought that this was going to be like ending on an upswing after Richard Jewell, but I, mm. I can honestly say that of the two movies in this <clears throat> series... You know, it's always tough with a sequel. Yeah, they didn't. Tough. They didn't hit it. They did not hit it. I have a note here. <laughs> a question that I wrote early in the movie, which I have seen before and read several of the books for. I have the question: Is this a April Cadobio? <laughs> the character's name is Opalco Boy. <laughs> Evan has so amused himself (laughs) with his own bit of mispronouncing names that he's sobbing. He cannot even approach the microphone. (laughs) Okay, also nothing out of the ordinary. Speaking speaking on Judy Dench. Wait, 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 hang on. Hold that thought. Wait. Art or foul? Uh, It's a foul for me as well. I, um, I must admit, when I first started this movie, I was very confused about how it related to Richard. Jewel. It seems like a very tenuous sequel. Like at first, it seems like maybe the tagline is the only thing these movies have in common, and they weren't actually crafted as sequels. Um, But then I think like the themes about the media that both movies have is Artemis has someone helping to to fix the media at the end. That is true. He reveals it. And also, like, this movie starts with a lot of shots of, like, reporters crowding his house, and they say there's, like, a media blitz. There's also, like, a man being unfairly detained by the FBI. Yeah. (laughs) Josh Gad's character. That's true. Um, This movie also has a lot to say about the prison reform system. (laughs) It also, uh, 
It also ends with Artemis calling Sam Rockwell and saying that I, I need a lawyer. And Sam asking, Are, am I really the only lawyer you know? And yeah. Artemis says yes. It also yes. ends with April Kenobi taking off her mask. And you see that's Olivia Wilde from the other movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's foul. It's. I'm ashamed that the first time I watched this, I thought this movie was watchable. <laughs> it was probably... The circumstances. I will say that halfway through this movie, our internet died, and we were all overjoyed. I, we were all like, we were so don't have happy. to watch this. I wrote this down when it happened. It, because uh, it started at first, uh, it just like cut to black, and then it was buffering. And Wade, without missing a beat, said, "Oh, thank God." <laughs> I was so relieved. And when it came back on, right in the face, both of these movies about dealing with hideous trolls. <laughs> the real, the real story. Judy Dench is up here playing a knockoff Diane Ream. Uh, Judy Dench is out here yelling, he's destabilized the time freeze. Oh, he's destabilized the time freeze. This movie is what I thought valerian was going to be when i went into it which is fully incomprehensible and useless <laughs> and i i found valerian to be quite charming i don't even know like i really i will have no memory of having seen this movie in two hours yeah. not even the five nights at freddy-esque horror of seeing josh gad unhinge oh, his jaw yeah, that i will awful. never get out of my that head it's terrible it's like all of the parts of this movie that you want it to be cool or not cool. The fight with the troll is not that cool. The fairy like, fight is kind of cool. That part is kind of cool. Stuff part there. Like, the time thirty bins. seconds. The yeah. time bins are kind of cool. Yeah, I like. Uh, mm. There's a point where a, a child steals some ice cream from an older man, and she goes to eat the ice cream, and she's very excited about it. That was nice. Mm. She was she was mm. getting some ice cream. Okay. Uh, so yes. This movie. This movie. Artemis Fowl. Remember the name, at mm -hmm. least for the, the next five remember minutes. Remember the name, part two. The remember sequel. Remember the name, part two. The sequel. More remember, more name. Uh, <laughs> to remember, two names. <laughs> to remember, two names. <laughs> Who would you say would be the MVP other than Artemis Fowl? MVP, O-T-A-F. Yes. O-T-A-F squared. <laughs> <laughs> Some, I don't know her name. I don't think she had a name. I don't think she could be considered a character. But in all of the um, the Phantom Menace esque politics shots in the midst of the uh, mm -hmm. the fairy the world, drama. yeah, there was uh, just some like tall redhead girl. Oh yeah, she was cool. Yeah, I think I tried to look her up in preparation for this. I think she is playing a character from the books. Okay. Um, I don't think she had a line. I think at one point she just. The girl fairy comes, mm -hmm. and she's like, good job. Mm. The girl fairy's like, oh, thanks. And I think that's the only line she gets. But she, I saw her, and I was like, oh, is she going to have something cool to do? She didn't, no. but she was fun. Wait. Uh, it's Juliet. Okay. Uh, yes, really right. done a disservice. Dom's knees. Yeah, they do her so dirty in this movie because she just, like, pops up. She's gone for huge swaths of it. She's the butler's niece, and she's introduced in a very cool, like, sword fighting scene. Yeah. And then the next thing you see her do is just bring someone a sandwich, which is very problematic. And then she, like, 
is gone for 30 minutes and shows up for five minutes. And then, like, when her uncle is dying, Artemis Fowl yells at her to go get help and not be around him. And then she's gone for another. You know what? I really wonder if she was there pre-reshoots. Oh, that's a good question. That feels like they mm. might have just inserted her into one or two scenes. Yeah, because she's a character from the books, but they don't do take any time on her for this. Yeah. Anyway, she's really good. She's a really cute little kid. I think, like, the three core kid performances are fairly good in this. I mean, Artemis mm. Fowl's very silly, but, like, what can you expect with kids, I guess? But yeah. I think she's pretty good. Emma MVP. OTAF. Well, I was looking for m- my boy Verbal Chicks, who is a I character from the book. for some Verbal Chicks. <laughs> ever. <laughs> I don't know if he actually makes an appearance in this movie. He's a character from the books. I always liked Foley a lot from the books. Who's the centaur? I think good. he's like he's under in underused this. in this. He's more of like a comic relief. Cool in the haircut. Books. Cool haircut. Oh, it's hard because none of them are good. Like, that is true. Like none of it is good. <laughs> um, uh, so it's like it's like really it's quite bad, honestly. But I would say probably. Dame Judy Dench is like the mm. most watchable part of this movie. And I have no idea what the Phantom Menace style politics are that are going on. But she seems to care about them. They also never get resolved. No. Yeah. Of course not. Oh, this we is see very that the dude sorry. is working for the bad guy. Oh, do uh, we that? do see uh, that. Yeah, but that's never resolved either. This movie has a villain. That like kidnaps Artemis Fowl Sr. Uh huh. And that villain is, has a mysterious hood. It's like you find out early on that it's, it's one of the, uh, it's like the darkest elf mm. or the darkest fairy. Mm. And they have this weird voice modulation that's not like anything else you see. And they have a, a spooky hood and you can't see their face. Mm. Uh, and so from the beginning, you're like, oh, this is a mysterious figure that we're going to, we're going to see and they're going to be very cool. And you don't. You don't at all. <laughs> They're just in a cave for the entire movie. Yeah. And then the movie ends with uh, Artemis Jr. Skyping the fairy and saying, I will find you. And the fairy says, cool. And and then the movie ends. And they're going to go find the guys that her dad was looking for before he disappeared. And it's a sequel bait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, you guys uh, think we're going to tri- see that sequel? A triquel, yeah. a third, third bait. Yeah, this is, oh, yeah, this is the sequel. True, this is. Let's the not sequel. forget. Let's not forget. Never, I will never. say that there's never ever care when a mysterious character who you don't see the face of is using a voice modulation and sounds like a deep voiced man. It's always a woman. Like it's That's still true. always played as a as a, like a big reveal, but it's just like a trope. Like it's well, always yeah. A woman. Opal Cowboy is a woman. I know, I'm saying like, that. Yeah. But it but they're making it sound like it's a man throughout the movie. Oh yeah. Because she's using the voice modulation. It's mm-hmm. a lot like Princess Leia's character in yeah. Return of the Jedi. That's what I immediately go to when I You did at one point in this movie say, Oh, it's Princess Leia <laughs> yeah. when a character appeared on screen. I don't remember who. This I don't is, remember yeah, any of these her. characters. It was when I was April This is definitely a movie without a third act. Like, oh, it's a movie that's third act seems to begin 45 minutes in. 
that's the second act though like there's like a 20 minute preview of uh visit ireland ad uh-huh. then there's like 20 minutes of the first act which is like all of the missing fathers exposition and mm-hmm. sorrow mm-hmm. and then the second act like starts when they get to the house which is like 30 minutes in like when the army gets to the house yeah and then that like action sequence just goes on for an entire hour yeah and then like the movie is over I think, to be fair, I think that's how the book is. Okay. Like, the book is, like, two-thirds is, like, the fairies attacking the house and, like, them in this time bin. But mm. because it's a book, that can be paced out, like, a lot. Be more compelling is that, like, slow <laughs> burn in the house, you know? Yeah. You also, you mentioned after the film, you thought this was an adaptation of the first four books? It, it bears parts of all of the first four that I read, and probably if I'd read more, it would like have stuff from all of them. Because the whole Opal thing is not until the fourth book. His dad being kidnapped is not something he really knows about until the second book. Like Butler dying and then coming back to life is something that happens in the third book. Mm. but the whole assault on the house is a first book thing huh, there's a lot of different stuff going on there uh so it seemed to me like they were doing a let's take everything from all across here and do it which i think is interesting but i think that that's like something where a lot of like first adaptations of a series book go wrong where they're like we don't know if we're gonna make the whole series so instead of just making a really good adaptation of the first book, we're going to pepper in from just willy-nilly the whole uh, series. That's the first uh, series of Unfortunate Events movie mm-hmm, famously mm-hmm. does that. Yeah. Emmett, should we play Bums the Word? Yes, we should. Okay. <clears throat> All right, let me... Yeah, do you, you want to host Foul or Jewel? I'll host Foul. Okay, I'll host yeah. Jewel. Okay. Zane, this is our new game segment, so if you can just improv some theme music while we get it ready. Okay. Oh, I was going to say, their dads are mirrors of each other. The elf girl and Artemis Foul. Uh, they both yes. have fathers who are pariahs to societies. Okay, I think I would have had a better shot of guessing Jewel than you okay, will, but I hope okay. I hope for the best. So this is our new game segment that we're trying out. It's called Bums the Word. Thank you, Zane, for our theme music. Of course. In this game, IMDb uh, chooses several movies that are related to every single film, and they're more like this section. Uh, uh, sometimes the connections are clear, sometimes much less so. So, in this quiz, Bums the Word, we are going to try and guess the first six movies that IMDb thinks are most similar to the movie that we just watched. And I will say, this game is fun for our listeners at home because you can try and guess along, or you can log on to IMDb.com and roleplay as the host and yeah. listen to uh, yeah, everyone no, guess. No, that we're wrong when we say this stuff. I'll also say, the uh, we do it on desktop. You can't really do it on mobile. So, here we go. Uh, so these are the six films that IMDb has said is most similar to Richard Jewell. Okay. Is this, uh, are Emmett and I competing or are we... Uh, nope, you're working together. Working together, mm-hmm. okay. This first film came out at the beginning of 2020. Hmm. Um, Sonic it's, the Hedgehog. No. It is also sort of 
Oscar Beatty, although I don't think it got voice for Sonic the Hedgehog. many awards. No. It is also a legal drama. Uh, a Trial of the Chicago 7. No. Uh, it is also yeah. based on a real story. It came out in theaters. It is about racial justice. Just Mercy? Hell yeah. That was 2020? Yeah, that was like January 2020. Whoa. Really? I think so. Huh. Okay. I In my head, it was 2018, distinctly. Yes, it is Just Mercy huh. with uh, Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Foxx. Uh, I watched that. That was, uh, was pretty good. Is yeah. it also about a wrongfully accused man? Yes. That feels like that's a good connection. It is connection. indeed. Yeah. It was released on January 10th, 2020. In wow. theaters. Okay. Wow, just on the bar. Okay, this second film, this is also based on a true story. Sonic the Hedgehog. It says 2019 here. All the release dates on here are always hard because they do like the film festivals. I think Mm. this one actually came out in late 2019. I know none of us have seen it. I think I may be the only person who have heard of it. It's also based on a true story. Also, like the last one, stars a Marvel actor as the main character. This is also about a man who is being sort of abused by the systems. Also greatly involves the press. A corporate defense attorney takes on an environmental lawsuit uh, against a wait, chemical dark company. Water? That is correct. Ah. Okay, Mark Ruffalo. Have you yeah. seen it? I have not seen it. I just remember the, the preview for it from back when those were a thing. Mm. Yes, it is Dark Waters, starring Mark Ruffalo. Ah, have not heard of it. Okay, um, well, I guess they're re- we're really just doing with like the lesser-known hits of awards season 2019 is what okay. this is doing. This is a movie based on a novel. It's a famous passion project for the director, who also stars as the lead. He is much more known as an actor than a director. It's sort of like an ensemble film. Like, uh, there's a lot of people in it. Is he playing two characters in it? No, he's he's just playing one character. Not widely seen or beloved, but, like, definitely had some people who are really into it. Based on a novel. A, a film that is, like, in some ways dealing with racial tensions as well. And some people really liked the way it was depicted and some people really didn't. Novel. Novel. Based on a novel directed by the lead actor who, Emmett, you thought was in one of the movies we were watching. Oh, wait. Is it, uh, is it As Early Dying? No. The other, like, sort of famous thing about this movie is that, like, a legacy action star who is sort of famous for being very bad, like never trying to act anymore, Uh is in a small role in this movie and gives a good performance for the first time in like 25 years. Do you know this? I got nothing. Okay, I'll read the description. In 1950s New York, a lonely private eye afflicted with Tourette's syndrome ventures to solve the murder of his only friend. Batman and the Shadow crossover comic from uh, two years ago. No, but it is also like sort of a famous unadaptable novel. Emmett's got something. Is He's, it uh, Charles Xavier? Is it there. is it Inherent Vice? No. All right. Uh, okay. Are you calling it? Yeah. I'm calling it. it is Motherless Brooklyn. 
I don't know. Uh, okay. Starring and directed by Edward Norton. Oh. Uh-huh. Had a lot of uh, Oscar hopes, but didn't get any awards buzz. Most known for having like a really good star performance from Bruce Willis, mm. who's only in like three scenes, but everyone says like acts for the first time since Die Hard 3 in yeah. 1990. Wow. Go Bruce. Okay, movie four. This is a movie I have never heard of. <laughs> Good. Okay. Although, actually, I think it's a movie that my mother has seen. So maybe <laughs> I have heard of it. Man, I don't even know what to say about it. It's 2018. It's sort of like... It's in the genre of sort of like generic military film. Like about a real-life military modern operation that normally has sort of like one person in it of note... And is like a little dry. Zero Dark Thirty. No. Argo. No, but it does have numbers in the title. It is also directed by Clint Eastwood. It is also based on a true story. It is a movie that no one has seen. Right. Flight 259. An attempted terrorist attack on a Paris-bound train is prevented by three courageous young Americans. France, one, two, three. <laughs> no, but that's close. <laughs> the Paris number seven. <laughs> that's even uh, closer. Paris double seven. <laughs> no. The Paris 704. It is the 1517 to Paris. <sighs> With a title like that, it's no wonder why nobody has seen it. God, talk about not being able to remember the name. <laughs> Movie number five, this film, also from early 2020, also came out in theaters. Mm. The narrative around this movie was that the lead actor, who had been having very public addiction issues over the last five years... Do little. (laughs) No. Has, like, gotten sober and put in, like, a really stellar performance. The movie is also about that. It is also a Road to Recovery movie. 2008's Iron Man. Is it A Star is Born? No, this is early 2020. It is a sports drama. I don't think anyone has seen this, but I'm sure both of you saw the trailer for this 18 million times as I did. Sports drama. Is it The Flying Boy on the Great Big Skis? No, but its title is somewhat reminiscent of a sci-fi movie with a similar title. Although this movie is not sci-fi at all, it is a sports drama. A road to recovery sports drama starring a very famous, like, very famous main actor who's been in a lot of stuff ever since the 90s. Cool running. Has also written stuff is responsible for one of the movies you mentioned mere moments ago, Emmett. (laughs) Jack Cunningham was a high school basketball phenomenon who walked away from the game, forfeiting his future. Years later, when he reluctantly accepts a coaching job at his alma mater, he may get one last shot at redemption. Is that a pun? One last shot? Space Jam 2? Any last guesses? <laughs> Space Jam. It's a three. basketball movie that came out in early 2020 about a washed up drunk getting sober and leading a team to greatness. A team of high, high schoolers. High flying bird. Hmm? bird? Mm-mm. Hannah takes the stairs. It's The Way Back starring Ben Hafleck. Oh. Oh. I'm ashamed of both of you. 
Why would I know that? I've never yeah, even nah, seen sorry. the preview. I for sat it. next to you at least five <laughs> times in 2019 as we watched the trailer for that movie. I must have zoned it out. Even the trailer sounds boring. <laughs> and and there was the whole narrative about Ben Affleck obviously being very sad and drunk while he was Batman for the last five years yeah. and like getting clean doing this. Okay, this last movie is the most well-known of any of the six we've talked about. It is, once again, a 2019 Oscar film, except this one actually secured the nom. Okay. Hashtag uh-huh. secured the nom. It is also based on a true story. It is also um, has a member of the media as the main character. Oh. It is the rare PG-rated film. Oh. PG. It's not animated, is it? It is not animated. It's live action. It's not Little Women, is it? No. <laughs> No, no, no. Only PG movie I can think of. Uh, Based on a true story about a famous real-life figure who is not the main character. The main character is about... Oh, is it the Mr. Rogers movie? Mm -hmm. Not the doc, but uh, the... Yeah. What's it called? It's... A Lovely Day in the Neighborhood. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. That is correct. Okay. About um, the journalist who profiled... Mr. Rogers. Yeah. All That's right. One for one for six, two for six. Uh, I think that was three oh, for six we is where you two ended that. up. Cheers. So um, I guess much like the Remember the Name series, one out of two isn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I, if I would go that far. <laughs> the first one of the six movies that is most like this movie. Most like Artemis Fowl. Most like Artemis Fowl. It is a 2020 action adventure rated TVPG, so we have no chance of getting this one. It's a TV movie? A TV movie. Uh, I thought we can't talk about TV on this podcast. It's not like a streaming... It's not like a movie that just came out on streaming service. It's like Uh, actually a TV movie. Is it The Descendants 3? Is it the third Descendants film? Is It might actually be. I, I don't know the subtitle. But that's my official guess. Are you I'm, not looking at the title? I'm of the looking movie? at the title of it. Doesn't say anything about the descendants. Oh, in the probably title. not the descendants. Okay. Wait. Well, give us some hints. Okay, so it follows Sam's adventures at a top secret training program for a new class. Um, of... Is it Timmy Failure? Mistakes were made. No. For a new class of second-born royals tasked with saving the world. Is that not? It might not be called Descendants. I the Runaways. You're. <sighs> Okay. It's it's Disney, right? It's Disney. It seems like Descendancy, but I can't tell. It is called Secret Society of Second Born Royals. <clears throat> would you have ever gotten it? Oh. I've heard it. I w- certainly probably would not, not have. I think that's maybe tangentially connected as like a spin-off to the I don't oh, I okay. haven't seen them. I think that's in that line. That's basically what I was imagining. Certainly not securing the point for myself, but I... <laughs> not at all. Up next, we have the 2020 action-adventure drama. It is a Disney film. It was a film that did gloriously well when it was released... In um, theaters? For paid streaming this year. Oh, Milan. Milan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Next up, it's a 2020 comedy, Family Fantasy. This Onward? Movie- no. Um, this movie stars Adam Devine. It is a live action. Movie. Oh, 
I know it. I hate Adam Devine so much. Yeah. Uh, it's Anna Kendrick, too. It's like their magic school. They're going to yes. magic camp. Yes, you've said the name of the movie, even if inadvertently <laughs> the name of the movie is Magic Camp. <laughs> wow. They really struggled with the name on that one. All right. The next movie here is a movie that we joked about uh, watching in our earlier this evening selected for us by the tv in our future viewing uh a wrinkle in time that is correct next up it's a 2019 animated action adventure it is similar well let me just tell you who it stars here it stars somebody who also starred in a spider-man movie and it stars someone who also spies in disguise yes <laughs> all right and finally Who is, that? is that sony is that blue sky i'm not sure uh, i think maybe blue sky finally uh are we on six already number six yeah a 2020 comedy drama comedy family drama getting a strong 6.1 out of 10 it looks like it's a movie i've never seen this movie or heard of it before it looks like a movie a la uh what's the word god what's you're having trouble movie? Re- recalling yeah, remembering the name something. yeah of the amy adams movie screw it okay we're not even enchanted movie. yes it's like that but it's not that oh is it and it's with the girl from britney runs a marathon maybe it's got june squib jillian bell yeah jillian bell is who i'm thinking yeah. of ah uh, they really went with the weird plus movies on this one can you give us some more hints more hints about okay. the title a i'm young, picturing the movie a young and unskilled fairy godmother ventures out on her own to prove her worth by tracking down a young girl whose request for help was ignored is it called godmothered it is in fact <laughs> <laughs> so to be clear we have movies up on this the other movies up with artemis Val uh-huh. are Secret Society of Second-Born Royals, which is about a secret society of second-born royals. Mulan, which is, as everyone knows, about Mulan. Magic Camp, guess what that's about? A Wrinkle in Time. Come on, could it be any more clear? Spies in Disguise, really spelling it out for That one's you. really the odd man out of the bunch, I must say. Yeah, for real. And Godmothered, a movie about a fairy godmother. Zane, any final thoughts on Remember the Name? Uh, yes. My final thought is that for the entirety of seeing, of I guess, the press cycle for Artemis Fowl, in my head misconstrued Artemis Fowl with Maximum Ride, the other young adult well, yeah. uh, book series, mm. because Fowl is a bird word. Mm. Uh, and I had read the first Maximum Ride book a very long time ago. I like went a long time seeing the thumbnail for the trailer and not actually watching it and i always thought huh it's it's weird that that's not what i thought i remembered yeah, but no I, I guess that's what <laughs> this is and then i saw the trailer once and was very confused and eventually put together that they were just different book series yeah i meant final thoughts honestly no i just think more people should take the time as we roll into a year in weird uh, reality where you have more time to watch movies. People should spend more time remembering the name. Mm. Uh, yeah. Perhaps not either of these <laughs> names or either of these movies. <laughs> perhaps not. Wade, final thoughts? Nah. Sam, <laughs> thanks so much for being here. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, well, I take that back. 
<laughs> Anything you want to plug? Anywhere other people can find you online? Uh, yeah. <laughs> to share their thoughts <laughs> about <laughs> Richard Jewell. <laughs> Uh, yes, yes, you can email your thoughts about either of these films directly to me at zaneholloman at gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I play in a band, Caffeine Daydream. We're on Spotify and stuff. I, I run the Twitter account, which is, I think, very funny. Uh, so you can, you can follow us there. My personal Instagram also is where I announce a lot of my own music stuff. Uh, you can there's a link to my Bandcamp there. Wade will put it in the uh, the description. Yeah, please email me all of your thoughts about either of these films. If anyone has seen either of these films, going by the the numbers, it seems like perhaps they have not. <laughs> yes, and please email us your thoughts as well. Um, Cinemabumspod at gmail dot com. Please, if you have any thoughts on Sam Rockwell or uh-huh. Judy Dench or cancel culture, or if cancel culture's got you down, <laughs> if cancel culture's got you down, just write you your and buddies old Clint. over at uh, cinemabums.pod.com.gmail.squadcast. <laughs> um, one final thought that I had: I currently work with somebody who claims to have once sold a firearm to Clint Eastwood. Wow. Uh, I believe it. Which I believe. I don't know. I don't like guns. I don't like Clint Eastwood that much, but I still think that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can I add, I looked at my notes. Can I add one final thought? Uh, so at one point in <laughs> Artemis Fowl, there is a child in a cage and she's not happy about it. And to express this, she says, not happy. <laughs> Oh yeah, that classic X Men trope is yeah, weird. It's ugly. Yeah, head. Weird. It's ugly. Head. Yeah, that's, that's all. I just thought you know perhaps we should acknowledge some of the subtle symbolism in this film. Oh uh, yeah. Well, we'll be back next week starting our Jordan Peele series with Keanu. Oh yes. Can't stop the peeling. Can't stop the peeling. And I guess my final thought would be April Fools. <laughs> Happy <laughs> April Fools. <laughs> It was all a joke. <laughs> Please listen to us ever again. You know it ain't my time to call it a day. I wanna 